Hi, everybody. My name is Les. Um, I'm from the Bridge Church. Um, some of you have, uh, may have met our pastor, Pastor Eric. He's uh, come here a couple of times. And I've had, I have the privilege this morning of sharing um, the word with you. Uh, just to give you a brief introduction on, on myself, um, I'm, I live in Tungcheong. Um, if any of you have heard of the Bridge Church, it's in Tungcheong. And the reason why I live in Tungcheong is because uh, I'm a pilot. Actually, I think I'll remove this mask. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I'm a, I'm a pilot, and so it's just easier for me to get to the airport when I'm in Tungcheong. It's really nice to come to this part of Hong Kong for a change because, as you know, Tungcheong's mostly mountains and villages and a lot of greenery. It's really nice to come to the city. Um, so I bring forth greetings from the Bridge Church. Uh, I'm a father of two and a husband of one. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. My wife, uh, Stephanie, isn't able to be here today because she's involved in the kids' ministry at our church. But I just want to say I'm really blessed to be here this morning because... Okay. It's got to be touching. Okay. Is that better? Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Um, I'm very blessed to be here this morning because um, as an elder and as a worship leader, I'm up... Um, serving in church every single week, and I almost never get a chance to be on the other side, much less be on the other side in a different church. So it's been really uh, refreshing. It's been uh, a huge blessing for me. I'm able to stand there and close my eyes and really soak it in and listen to all your beautiful voices singing uh, today. Uh, today we'll be uh, looking at a message called Letting the Light In. That's the title of the sermon today. And before that, I would like to ask all of us, if you, can have, if you have your phones on you or your Bibles with you, please take them out. And we're going to look at a passage today. Specifically, we'll turn to 1 John, the book of 1 John, chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. And let's read that passage together. I'm reading from the ESV. Verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we, don't, we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Now, Steph and I are avid travelers, and when we first got married, we traveled quite a bit. And this is the age before, before COVID. Um, and I remember the year we got married, the first place we really wanted to go, and it wasn't a honeymoon trip, it was just the first place we wanted to go together, was Peru. Has anybody been to Peru before? Does anybody know where Peru is? South America, that's right. It's in South America. And, and, and when you think of Peru, most people think about a place called Machu Picchu, right? So I'm not, I'm not the trip planner in my family. My wife, Steph, is, and she planned this 10-day trip to Peru. And Machu Picchu was supposed to be the culmination of that. That was, was the end goal. And there was all these other places that we wanted to, to visit. So one fine spring day, we are in Peru, and we touch down in the city of Lima, and we take an overnight bus immediately 
to a town called Juarez. Okay, you weren't supposed to see that so quickly. <laughs> Juarez. <laughs> um, and it's in an area in Peru called the Cordillera Blanca, which roughly translates to the White Mountain Range. And when we took an overnight bus, we left Lima basically after sundown, and we arrived in this mountain town up at 10,000 feet, where the air was a little thinner. And we're tired, we're weary, we're, we're, we'd been in a bus all night, and we decided to put up in the local inn. And so I remember we checked in, we dropped our bags at the inn, and our room had this balcony overlooking this supposed mountain range, which you guys have already seen. <laughs> but it was 3 a.m. in the morning when we got there, and we couldn't see anything, because it's a little mountain town. There was no moon. It was a moonless night. There, was a few, there were a few stars. That's all we could see, but you couldn't see anything. And I didn't think much of it. We went to bed, and the next morning, Steph woke me up, and she goes, honey, honey, check it out. And that's what we see. That was the view. See, the light of the day had illuminated this wondrous sight in front of us. We didn't see it the night before because it was shrouded in darkness. It was hiding in the darkness. Today, as we look at this passage in 1 John, we're going to be seeing what he says, what John the Evangelist says about walking in the light. Specifically, we'll be looking at three things. Uh, The first is the nature of light. The second is a question, are we walking in the light? And three, how do we let the light into our lives? Uh, But before that, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, that it's a... uh, that it's enlightening, Lord, that it's powerful. And Lord, as we look into your word this morning, Lord, I pray that my words, Lord, um, would be divinely yours, not mine, Lord, that you would speak through me. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and that the meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you. Uh, Tune us to you this morning as we look into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So first, let's, let's talk about the nature of light. In our world today, we use you know, this, this analogy of, uh, of, of light versus darkness all the time. It's, it's, it's really common. It's, it's a common theme. Anybody here a Star Wars fan? That's it? <laughs> Fast disappearing. Um, um, when, right, so Star Wars, you've got, you know, the dark side and, and, and the light side of the Force. And, and any, anybody a video gamer here? It's okay to admit it. <laughs> um, but, but there's a video game called Dark and Light. I'm, I'm not a video gamer, so I don't know uh, what Dark and Light is. But the youth in our church talk about this game called Dark and Light. The battle between light and darkness. It's common in folklore. We've heard about it through the ages. It's a battle between good and evil. And that's because darkness, the concept of darkness, touches the very center of our fears, doesn't it? We, we, we fear darkness. When I was a little kid, I remember... Um, we, had, we had an attic in the house, and it was this dark attic, and more like a storage room, because my dad, who worked on the car outside, would keep all his tools in there. And I remember one day, I think I must have been about 10 or 11 years old, and I was out there working on a car with my dad in the driveway, and he says, hey, Les, can you help me go in and get the 13-millimeter socket wrench? I'm like, yep, I'm going to go. So I go to, the, to this attic, and I try and turn on the light, and the light's not working. And you're 10 years old. 
Now I know exactly where the toolbox is, where the socket is, where the socket wrench is. And I go in there and I feel my way around. I kind of know what I'm doing and I find it. I feel it. That's, that's the 13, 13 millimeter socket wrench. And what do I do? I do an about phase, 180 degrees, and I'm out of there. Why did I run out of there? Because I'm scared of the darkness. We're scared of the darkness. So what about light? What's, what's different about light compared to darkness? Um, and I thought perhaps it'd be important for us to define what light is. If you're a student here and you love science like I do, you define light as this, a visible portion of a spectrum of electromagnetic radiation. That sounds very nice and it sounds very scientific. But we can look to literature over the years to try and help us understand what light is to people. And this is how it's described in literature. Light is opposite to darkness. Light is opposed to darkness. Light illuminates the darkness. Even a little light, the smallest of lights, can reveal what's in the darkness. For instance, a dimly lit light in an attic. As humans, we're visual creatures. We like to be able to see things. And what light does is it empowers us because it allows us to see what's ahead of us, what's behind us. It allows us to make sense of the world around us and make decisions on where, where to go and what to do. Light reveals things as opposed to darkness, which hides things. All, all these attributes of light, the nature of light, is why light is such a heavily used analogy in our world today. It's also the reason why it's heavily used in the Bible. What does the Bible say about light? We don't have to turn uh, to the Word. I can read, read a few examples here. For one thing, the Bible says that God is light. God is light. In Psalm 27, uh, David writes, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The light empowers us so, that we, will, so we don't fear in a dark world. David then describes in Psalm 119, the unfolding of your words gives light. So the Bible tells us that the word of God is light. So if light is God, or if God is light, and the word of God is light, what does that bring? In the book of John, we read, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him the God who is light, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Light brings truth, and light brings life. We can look at the passage today again, if you want to turn to it. In verse 5, it says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So we're familiar with it, right? If you've spent any amount of time in church, you hear about this thing called walking in the light or the battle between light and darkness. We know about Star Wars and video games, folklore. We know about the battle between good and evil and light and darkness. So you'd think that we'd understand it. It's familiar. So if, if, if that is the case, then the next question we ought to be asking ourselves is the second point today which is, are, are we walking in the light? If we're so familiar with it, then we should ask ourselves, are we walking in the light? How do we know we're walking in the light? 
Well, for those of us who are here today who are Christians and have accepted Christ, we can remember a time when we made that decision, can't we? When we made that faith decision and it felt like we were illuminated. When we discovered Jesus and what he brings, all of a sudden we feel like we're lit up, don't we? Does anybody remember the time when you accepted Christ? Did it feel like a light was shining on you? And I, I, would, I would say yes, that was what it was like for me when I first accepted Christ into my life. But the funny thing is, a lot of us, and I've fallen into this uh, assumption many times, is that when we become Christians, we think, well, now that we're Christian, we've got to show the world that we're Christian. And we've got to show the world that we're up right now, and we've got our stuff all worked out. And that slowly, we're not so sinful anymore. We begin putting up a front. Is this walking in the light, though? Let's take a look at the passage today. Verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. If we say we have fellowship with him, if we say we're spending time with God, if we say we're walking with him while we actually walk in darkness, we're lying. That's what John the Evangelist says here. And we do not practice the truth. We do not practice the truth because God is light and he brings truth. And we have fellowship with him and yet we continue to sin and we continue to lie and we continue to have vengeful thoughts and we continue to be angry in our hearts, then we're liars is what he's saying. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light, if any of you know the band DC Talk, you'd know this, this verse really well. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Now, wait a second. That sounds a little confusing. If we walk in the light, it means we're walking with God, right? We're having fellowship with God. But what John is saying here is a little different. He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Church, John is saying here that walking in the light is having fellowship with God, but also having fellowship with one another here. And we continue with the verse, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. There's an element of sin here when we attempt to walk in the light, an element of sin that comes to the fore that's revealed because that's what light does. Light reveals our sin, the sin that we try to hide in darkness. So then the challenge then is, are we walking in the light? Let's take a moment to think about that. What does that look like? Are we walking in the light or are we walking in darkness? If we're just praying to God during mealtimes, we're reading the Bible, but we're not making any attempt whatsoever to repent of our sin that we're hiding, John says we're walking in darkness. We're saying hi and good morning to each other here at church on a Sunday morning, and then we walk out the doors, and then we're just cursing at drivers or our neighbors, using our Lord's name in vain. John says we're walking in darkness. If we're hanging out in our life groups, our small groups, 
or church friends during the week and we're having fellowship with each other and yet we make no attempt whatsoever to share the sin in our lives with each other and to bring it to God together in prayer, John says we're living in darkness. Are we repenting of our sin with each other? Are we confessing it to each other and are we bringing it to God together as a family? See, we can't be cleansed of our sin if we don't repent of our sin. If we have a problem with drinking, sexually impure thoughts, addictions to pornography or alcohol, or any other addiction for that matter, and we're keeping that from each other, and we're hiding it, we're walking in darkness. We're not walking in the light. That's what the passage says. If I watch my language here on a Sunday morning, and on a Monday morning, I go back to work, and it's just swearing like a sailor, I'm walking in darkness. And yet, when we come and we say we claim we have fellowship with God, then John says here, we do not practice the truth. Essentially, he's calling us hypocrites. Church, are we walking in the light or are we walking in darkness? See, the interesting thing about light being described as truth is this. If light is truth, the truth sometimes hurts. And that we're familiar with, aren't we? The truth hurts. And it hurts because we want to be in control of our lives. We want everybody to perceive that we're in control. I've got it all worked out. I don't want my deepest, darkest secrets being made known to the world, much less to my small group or my church. Now, I'm not saying we should start telling everybody in the church and coming up here and telling everybody your deepest, darkest secrets. Um, that's that's going to be a little scary, okay? And, and to be honest, that would make a lot of people uncomfortable. But the, rea- the reality of it is it's not how many people you're sharing it with, but are you sharing it? Are you confessing? Are you repenting? Are you bringing it together to God? Going back to what we just talked about with the truth hurting, just uh, a, a couple months, maybe two, three months ago, I was walking in Tongchong, and uh, it's not that brightly lit like it is here in the city. I was walking through a park after playing badminton at night. I was walking home, and um, you know, just imagine yourself walking through a park, and you get these street lamps, right? These halogen lamps. So you walk through periods of darkness and light, and you watch your shadow follow, follow you and move around. And I was walking home, and from the corner of my eye, I see a guy really far away, didn't know who he was. There weren't many people there. And he goes, hey, Les! And I go like, Andy? Turns out Andy is a, a, he's another pilot who worked in a company that I used to work for, and I hadn't seen him in eight years, eight long years. And for some reason, he was able to recognize me from, from a long way away. He said, hey, Les. And I go like, Andy, hey, it's you. Hey, how are you? And then he comes up a little closer, and he says, and he says is that you? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, Andy, you, you have not aged one day. It's been eight years. You haven't aged a day. And he... He hadn't replied yet, and he looked, because he's looking to see if I've aged in the past eight years, right? And that's when I realized that I was standing under a lamp where things are a lot more clear. Now, if you get to my age and you hit about 40, um, 
you begin worrying about a few things that start happening to your body. And one of them, and I'm willing to admit it here, and all the other men here can probably empathize with me, is something called MPB. Anybody know what that is? <laughs> Male pattern baldness. And it hasn't started happening to you yet. It will <laughs> in some shape or form. I'm standing under a light when Andy's looking at me, and what's the first thing I do? And then he says, you haven't aged today. Thank you. You haven't either. I was dodging the light. That's what I'm doing, is I'm dodging the light. See, uh, light reveals truth, and the truth can hurt. Um, I think we can all agree this morning that that sounds very sobering when we, when we read it and we reflect. It's, it's very sobering. Um, but we can also agree that Attempting to walk in the light, attempting to open up ourselves to each other and repent, and that's, that's not easy, is it? Walking in the light is, is not easy. It wasn't meant to be easy. Because there's something inherent in us that defaults back to darkness. As we talked about earlier, we, we, we don't want people to see that we don't have it all together. That's quite normal. And because it's, um, because it's, it's not easy, we've... We've got to practice it, don't we? A baby doesn't get born and just learn to walk. Likewise, learning to walk in the light requires practice. Um, I'm trying to think of another time when, when, when I started playing badminton. I was walking back from badminton that time. And when I first started flying long haul in the airline, I realized as this was depleting, this was increasing, and so I needed to do a little exercise. And it's always hard to get up and make that first step, isn't it? The same thing goes for walking in the light, church. We need to practice it. We need to practice it every day with each other, and we need to encourage each other. Why do we hide it? Why do we hide all these horrible things? Why do we hide the sin in our lives? It's because we default back to darkness. We want our sin to be invisible. We want to show the world that we have no visible sin. John says that we're hypocrites when we do that. In John 3.19, John says this, and this is the judgment, the light has come into the world. Christ has come into the world. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. That describes us, doesn't it? Isn't it better to hide and have no one ever find out that you've got issues in your life? We go back to the analogy of the battle of light versus darkness. When you think about it now, this battle isn't something that's happening out there. It's not something that we try to remove ourselves from. If we're hiding the darkness or hiding the sin in, in, in the darkness. What that really means is that battle, that battle's not out there. It's, it's right here. That battle divides our heart. It runs down the very center of our hearts. John says, the light of the world has come. 
The light of the world has come. He, he's right here. He's, he's right now. He's, he's right at our doorstep, but we close the shutters. We shut the blinds. We don't want the light to come in and reveal what's hiding in the darkness. Church, we can't walk in the light unless we let that light in. And that leads us to a third point today. How, how do we do that? How do we let the light of Christ in? See, when God, when God sent his son Jesus to earth to suffer and die on the cross, this, this light shone on the world. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He also says later, as John describes, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Following Jesus is the first step to learning to walk in the light. That was that first step of faith that we took for those of us who believe. Before we knew Christ, we were in darkness. And if you think that accepting Jesus is this one wholesale event that happens just once in your life, it's not true. We talked about exercise earlier, didn't we? Learning to walk in the light and learning to let that light in is a continual process that we'll do for the rest of our lives, that we'll do together for the rest of our lives. In today's world, quite often, we, we don't want to address sin. It's not fashionable. We don't want people to talk about what we're not good at. We're constantly trying to prove to the world what we are good at and that we have our stuff all worked out. But there's a problem with that, and it's that it really traps us, doesn't it? Because if we're hiding stuff in the darkness and not allowing the light in, we're removing ourselves from God. We're getting as far away from Him as we can. Jesus, on the other hand, Jesus offers us freedom. I don't know about you guys, but I'm the type of person who likes to show the world that I've got my stuff all worked out. I like to appear upright. And that's dangerous when you're an elder in the church because even, that's even more pressure. You feel like you really need to show that you've, you've got it. But that's a trap. That traps us. Jesus offers us freedom, though. Why do, and why does he offer us freedom? Because at that ultimate level, no matter how high you go, at that ultimate level with Christ, there is no consequence for us to fear in confession. I mean, we, we just sang about it in the song before this. Freedom comes through confession. Come as you are. We don't have to earn it anymore. Jesus, the light of the world, has come. We can come as we are no matter what dark secrets you have in your heart, no matter what kind of sins I have in my heart that I don't want the world to know about, I can come with that to him as I am. And that is part of the good news, right? That we can come as we are. Jesus sees us where we are. Now, this exercise, this daily exercise of walking in the light, it, it, it sounds good in theory, but what does it look like practically? Well, uh, quite simply, it means opening up to each other more. It means being more real with each other. 
which can be uncomfortable because the truth sometimes hurts. But as a church, we need to remember that that's what we need to intentionally do. There's, there's a level of intentionality with confessing with each other. We've got to pick up ourselves off the floor and do it just like when we start exercising after a long time. There's an element of discipline in it and perseverance. But we do it not because we feel we can earn it. We do it because we know the battle has already been won. We do it because Jesus comes and he gifts this light to us. It's a gift. Let's look at verse 8 in the passage today. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession allows the light to set us free. Repentance allows the light to set us free. But we need to be disciplined about it. And if that discipline feels like something difficult to do, it, it is initially. But it's not called walking in the light for no reason. Walking requires practice. And when you keep doing it, and you're strengthened by others, and you're walking more each day, it becomes second nature, doesn't it? You stop thinking about it. And that's what we're aiming for. Jesus is the light of the world. And that's the good news. The good news is this, that he bore shame and suffering and death so that we don't have to earn this light anymore. It's right there at our doorstep. We just need to let him in. Church, God is light. What a wonderful analogy. And in him, there is no darkness at all. This is God's character. It's not our character, but it can be if we choose to let that light in. And recognize that it's a continual process again. And what does that look like for our church? It means as we begin to open up more with each other, as we begin to share with each other, as we begin to accept the fact that it may be a little uncomfortable to do that, but if we submit that to God and we offer it to Him and we take our burdens to Him together in repentance and confession, we begin to walk in the light. Tim Keller describes the nature of God's light in this matter. He says that God's light brings life, it brings truth, but it also brings beauty. And that's something we haven't talked about yet, that God's light brings beauty. And I think back to this picture. And I think maybe that's what Tim Keller is talking about. That when we begin to walk in the light and it begins to reveal the darkness which we bring out and that we share with each other and bring to God in confession and repentance, and as we draw closer to him and learn to walk more closely with him, this is what it looks like. It's beautiful. But I would probably go one step further than, than Tim Keller, which is very brave. <clears throat> but I would argue that as we begin to do that, we begin to see the beauty in God himself. Because when God himself is light, that light itself is beautiful. Church, we live in a dark world. 
and our default is darkness. But Christ has come and he is the light of the world. Would you let him in? Would we let him in? Would we practice it with each other? Would we learn to love each other and take each other's burdens and sins to God in prayer? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the light of the world. Lord, I thank you that you remind us this morning that you are here at our doorstep. You are here at the doorstep of our hearts each and every day, not just the day we first met you or encountered you, but each and every day. God, give us the strength, Lord, to let you in, to let the light of the world in. Illuminate the darkness in our hearts. Teach us, Lord, because of your love, to love one another, to take our sins, to lay them before you, to lay down our burdens before you, to come as we are to you. Lord, I thank you for your word, which encourages each day, and thank you for the fellowship um, of this family here at this church. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.